Hey everyone, this is Michael Zupan from BitesizeImpressions.com with a brand new edition of the Greatness Delayed podcast. I'm here as usual with my co-host Gus. How's it going? It's not delayed this time. <laughs> What's up? Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's so uh, it's Thanksgiving sorry. week uh, for us uh, dirty Americans. It's a good week. Yeah, sorry. I, as always at the beginning of the show, I'm experiencing technical difficulties because I hear the fucking echo of the window from YouTube open in the background. So, um, Gabe wanted me to remind you, by the way, to follow him back on Twitter. I don't know why he, why he cares about it that much, Gabe. I've, I he actually, loves Twitter. I've, I have followed him for. I've actually probably followed him for years. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use Twitter. Silly Italian. That's okay. So uh, we have things on the agenda. There's been a lot to discuss, a lot to talk We've about. We've had a quite a quite a video game season. Yeah, you know, since the last time we've been on, you and I have been, for example, we've both been playing Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Uh, I, you know what, it's been like oh, maybe one or two weeks since I have played it, but I did finish like the main story of it. Um, there, the moment, you know what, I, that game, a lot of people are probably going to talk about the, uh, new donk festival, yes. but the finale of super Mario Odyssey put like the biggest, stupidest smile on my face. Yeah. I haven't I finished the, the campaign yet. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, just cause other but, games I've been trying, but like, yeah, it's, it's a really fun game. Let me just say, like, I am generally an old, sort like, very skeptical. Not, I would not call myself, done, like, very jaded, but, you know, tinges of it are there. But when I did that whole part of the final, like, kingdom or whatever, and I got, and just got to get into the end, like, I marked out. Like, I was such, I had a dumb smile. It was, it was like, this game was fucking great. Yeah, you know, that, that new Donk Festival that you were talking about, I won't spoil it for anyone, but I have seen that. And, like, that that was just one of those touches in that game where I was just, like, grinning like an idiot the whole time I was That was a was good doing. moment, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not even trying to downplay that. Uh, that, that, was, that was filled with, like, those, those, like, throwback moments, but also, like like new discovery moments as well. Like, you know, there's lots of portions in the game where they actually allow you to do platforming sections that are literally like the original super Mario brothers game. I mean, but in, in like a new twisted sort of creative way, you know, like, cause it still yeah. takes place in a 3d world. It's just like, you're, you're, it's almost like that a link between worlds, like link walking as like a painting on the wall sort of thing. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see how like after all these years, all these iterations of Mario, and they're still able to keep the games fun and fresh while still feeling very familiar at the same time, because it's very much a spiritual successor to like Mario sixty four, Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy. You know, I think what I appreciate about Odyssey, though, especially, is that a lot like a lot of the game is, um. A lot of it, like, you know, a lot of the game is very sandboxy, you know, like you collect your moons and all that. But if you find like the right areas, like you get those classic platforming, like 3D Mario, like little rooms too, like where, you know, it's all about the precision jumping and the timing and all of that. 
Oh yeah, like the special um, rooms that you found in uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, like those. And you know what? I know, like I troll that game a lot. On yes, you Twitter. do. You troll but, it a uh, lot. <laughs> um, but uh, that those are those parts of the game were like very cool, and I always like that. And Galaxy Two had those, and yeah. I'm glad that they Odyssey that Odyssey made room for them too. The open world aspect is interesting of this game because, you know, typically with the prior iterations of Mario before this from Mario 64 on, um, you jump into a world, you have one very specific goal. You can tackle other ones if you happen to stumble upon them, but like you finish a goal, you get kicked out of the world and then you have to go back in to do the next one in Mario odyssey i really appreciate the fact that you have these worlds that are larger and that anytime that you collect a moon which is this game's equivalent to the stars or the shines um you just keep going you know and they're scattered everywhere so like it's not just like six or seven or eight stars in each or moons in each world like i was playing through like one of the first major worlds it was the desert and I think I had something like 40 and I'm just like staring at my screen going like how many fucking moons are there? Like it was un- it was unreal. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a very good feeling in this game. I think that it's, they just kind of let you do your thing. I do love. Yeah. Like I've been in some worlds where like you need, uh, cause you need the moons to power the ship that lets you travel across the kingdoms and stuff. The Odyssey. But- the Odyssey, of course, and just, like you'll be in a world, and it's like, oh, you need like twenty moons to you know lead to leave to get to the next world, and you're like thinking to yourself, wow, I got a lot of moons. I I wonder how close I must be pretty close to finishing this whole place. Nope, you got like fifty more fucking moons to collect to complete this whole place. Yeah, that desert world, like once you have access to everything, like in the end game content, from what I understand, like that first world has like 70 moons or some shit. It's like, my God, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because you you do things in each world that you don't think is going to like get you anything, but then you're rewarded with a moon, like just like little weird things, you know, and the different ways that they allow you to being able to. How can I phrase this? There's a lot of possibilities in this game just by being able to throw Cappy and to take over like the enemies in the worlds to be able to get moons. Like, you know, sometimes you have to bust open uh, a cage by, you know, taking over a bullet bill and then crashing into it and breaking the damn thing open. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of really clever puzzles in that way in the game. I mean, it's all easy stuff. There's nothing that's like brain busting in this game whatsoever. I mean, it's obviously meant for audiences of all ages, but you know, like there's times I leave worlds where I'm like, I think I found everything that I could find. And I know that I haven't because I know there's way more. I'm like, where can there be more hitting? How can there be like at least 10 more moons in this world? I just, I don't know where they're hiding them all. Like they're super hidden. Some of these ones like that's, it reminds me of super Mario 64 where it's like, yeah, you can get like the six stars in each stage, but the real difficult part in some of those worlds is getting all 100 coins to get the extra stars so that you can max out like all stars in the game. Um, because sometimes you really have to really look for some of those hidden coins in the levels in order to, you know, get everything complete. And I feel like there's handfuls of moons in this game that are like that, that add that challenge for the hardcore people. Oh yeah, totally. 
Yeah, and I feel and I feel like every Mario game has like in recent years has that sort of <laughs> adaptability. Like, you know, there are Mario games that they've been releasing that are like super easy, but like if you want to complete everything, like you're really going to have to like stretch. Like that that Yoshi's uh, Woolly World game was the same way. Like you could go through that game, it's easy enough, but like if you want to collect everything everything in all the stages, like that's where the difficulty really gets cranked up. Yeah, or even even 3D World where you it's not that you collected anything so much. I don't know if it had that that like gold coin thing from 3D Land, but like uh, once you finish the game, then you open it up to like the really challenging worlds and you really really test your skills <laughs> to Mario Yeah, those, those 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 special Ooh, worlds there boy. were they were difficult. They were difficult for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you know, another great Mario game. You know, I have been pining for a long time for like a straight up Super Mario sequel to 64 and and Sunshine and Galaxy was a spiritual successor to those games in a way, but it was also very different with the small worlds and the gravity and everything. So it did feel like a very different game at the same time as much as it felt the same. I, it probably doesn't make much sense, but this game definitely feels like a throwback to the older games and it's done really well. Like I was so bummed out because on the Wii U, I was like, it's a new system. We're going to have a new 3d Mario and it never came, you know? So the fact that like we got this in the first year of the switch, like I'm just ecstatic and for it to be as amazing of a game as it is, like I'm super thankful as a fan that they've done this one right. And that it just doesn't feel old hat, you know, do you have anything else to add about Mario Odyssey? Uh, just that I have like eight zillion moons to collect. Uh, <laughs> and no, I mean, it's it's hard, you know, like there's so much praise going on for this game. And then when I play it, and I guess the highest compliment I can pay it is that it's still fucking fun Mario. Like, like, like. This is also a game that's kind of like celebrating itself, like the whole franchise, because there's so many callbacks uh, to like Mario from probably like the either the first Super Mario Brothers or possibly even Mario Brothers. But it's 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 like this history of itself in there. Yeah, um, I mean, it's to definitely think, just, that. just thinking of the fact that like I, a I've been playing this franchise for that long, and b each almost each game is has been like consistently good and they've just managed to find some like hook to make like mario still appealing and it's still here in odyssey and it's yeah. just like it's awesome it's a fun game it's just a fun game it is super fun um around other games came out too <laughs> yeah, i mean <laughs> these games have been out for a while but other games that i've been playing um it's been since before halloween since i think the last show that we did um yeah. so around halloween time i was playing the two more popular horror games dead by daylight and friday the 13th um they were on sale so i picked them up and i've been having a lot of fun with friday the 13th i played dead by daylight some and it's interesting in a different way as like these games have a lot of similarities i wrote something up on the website detailing the differences between these two games and which one i thought was better um but like Friday the 13th for me is like my go-to kill 20 minutes at a time sort of game. You have to be, I think, a real fan of 
Friday the 13th in general to probably ignore some of the repetition that this game has because, you know, every map they're randomized. There's different, there's different like themed maps. Like you're like at crystal Lake or you're at like the Tommy Jarvis residence in another map or whatever, but like everything that gets placed on the map, every time you go into a new game, it's spread out in a very randomized way so that nobody can memorize where anything is because the point of Friday the 13th is that you're a counselor and you have to survive by either escaping or running out the clock, which is set at 20 minutes before Jason kills you. And that's very difficult to do. Um, I don't see that happen too often. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've watched a lot of people, like I've watched a lot of people play that game and it, it looks like a fun game to watch, but uh, more often than not, like I, it just ends up with people like escaping by boat or Jason, I guess gets a win. Like, I don't... yeah, there's there's escape by boat. There's also a car or cars. Sometimes there's two cars on the map. Or like um, the cops show up. You have to you have to find a fuse, and then you have to go to the building where like the fuse is blown out because there's a phone inside, and you have to spend time repairing the fuse. And then once it's repaired, you can call the cops, and then you have to wait five minutes for them to show up, and then you have to get to whatever exit on the map they get to. Um, and you know, so that's, that's difficult <laughs> to say the least. Um, and if you're going to escape by a car, it's not as simple as finding the car and seeing if you can get away. Like you have to find a battery, you have to find the gasoline and you have to find the keys, you know? Um, so there's, that's what I like about the game. Like, even though it's very simplistic and it's more or less the same thing each time you play it, things change from round to round to round because you just never know what sort of luck of the draw you're going to have when you're going into these cabins and looking for things to use for your escape. Um, and other weapons that you're going to find, like you can, you, you can find pocket knives to jab Jason in the neck if he picks you up and he's ready to kill you. So that's like a get out of jail free card, so to speak. Um, yeah, it's fun. And as you were saying, like watching it is also a lot of fun because it's the people that you meet as well while you're playing the game. I don't know if you saw the video that I posted up on the website, but like there was this guy who was a, he was just trolling everybody. He was just trying to be like this weird, funny Jason with a new take on trolling. So instead of like being like, I'm going to gut you like a fish, like he'd pop up in a window and he'd be like, have you heard about gender equality? Peekaboo. Oh, my God. And then, like, I, you know, you, you'd hear him, like, running after someone. He'd be like, that's sexist. I'll show you how to respect women as he's, like, chasing after him. Like, it's people like that that you come across in the game that are just entertaining. Like, it just, it, it, it keeps you smiling while you're playing through this thing. But it's also very effective because Jason is overpowered. So, like, that dynamic shifts very quickly from having fun and laughing to being, like, legitimately scared and running for your life and being concerned. Because, like, once he's on your trail, unless, like, something happens where somebody else distracts him or you have some sort of, like, way to escape, like chances are he's probably going to kill you because he's got really wicked powers at his disposal. Like he can straight up teleport on the map. He can pull up the map, point to something and be like, I'm teleporting there. And he can, he's got another power that lets him sort of like zoom through the woods really fast. Like the evil entity in the evil dead movies. And he also has like this, this way to like see where people are. Like everything turns like blue and black, but like he can see you in the distance, like outlined in red. Anytime that someone's hiding in a building, the building glows red. So, like, he knows where people are. So, 
you know, being able to survive 20 minutes. It's like if someone's trying to like get away in a car, like he can hear the car start up and all he has to do in order to mess up their plan is to like spawn in front of the car and then smash it while they're driving. Then the car is totaled and then you can yank someone out of the window and then rip their head off. Like it's, you know, that that's where I, I think the replayability of this game comes from is the fact that it gives you so many different options to be able to escape where a game like dead by daylight. However, it's very linear. It's you got like five generators across a map and you have to go and repair each one. And then you have to go open a door and then you escape. It's the same thing every single time, but it's cool being chased by notable villains. Like if you buy any of the extra DLC, like you can play as Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or whoever. So like there's still a very fun cat and mouse game, but it's not my favorite game out of the two. So yeah, I would definitely say anybody who's a Friday the 13th fan, Pick that game up. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. Go check out the video up uh, on uh, bitesizeimpressions.com that I was talking about before with that hilarious troll. Um, how about another game that you've been playing, Gus? Have you been playing anything other than Mario? Uh, I guess the last time we talked, like before, because we had spoken before Halloween, you said, right? That was the last time we recorded, I mean, or rather. Yeah. Uh, I did play uh, i did end up getting the same weekend uh wolfenstein 2 the new colossus oh yeah that came out that? it's it's like you know you ever play a game that you're just like yeah that's, it's worth playing like whether we experience is what was worth it but like you also can't help but like just that game it's a flawed game but like it's worth playing basically how did you feel uh, about the last game the first that Wolfenstein, what was it called? The New Order, right? Uh, yeah. I had a blast with that game. All right, so comparatively, uh, it sounds like you're not quite as impressed with this one. Yeah, and it's funny because not a lot has changed mechanically between those two games. And I will say, like, and it had been three years, I believe, between that that game and this one. But I, it's, it's like. I don't, I don't even, I'm trying to think of where to even start. <laughs> like, it's very. It's a very pulpy kind of story. So, you know, like a pulp fiction kind of tale of, like, this badass dude who's just, like, taken on uh, the Nazis as, after World War II. They won the war, uh, invaded America, and all of that. Uh, and he's with his, like, his fiance or wife or whatever and his, and like just these freedom fighters taking on the Nazis and it's a fun story to experience like that's the that's probably the biggest plus of that game but like playing it is kind of a different story because and you'll probably you'll see the complaints online too and and some of them uh I definitely uh empathized with were like Shoot, you know, for a game, for a first-person game that's, like, designed to be, that's encouraging you to shoot, just shoot your way through and all of that. Like, the shooting does not feel great. Uh, it's not it comp- particularly, like, impactful unless you're carrying a shotgun. Like, it's hard, it's always hard to tell, like, if you're hitting a target or, like, or even just lining up your sight and i don't know like once you unless you're like dual wielding like it doesn't feel 
like you're doing much damage to the enemies. It's just oh, kind of like, like like a pea shooter kind of thing. Um, the game also has like a lot of quality of life issues. By that I mean like again you'll see it and you'll see it online. But I don't like having to tap a button to pick up ammo and health in like 2017 where like i understand like you want to kind of stick to certain conventions because wolfenstein has a history but like i'm sorry just just do the regenerate regenerating health thing like or just let me walk over all this all the items which i think the the doom reboot from not too long ago did that you know you just run over stuff and then you, you collected it you have to like fucking basically like go crazy and tap like the I played on PlayStation 4, so you're tapping the square button to just pick up like all the ammo that you drop and you collect and all that. And um you know, like it's it just kinda it just feels like archaic and in, what makes it even worse is that the game's like level design is not great also. <laughs> A lot of it is also, and like the last game, there is there are a lot of uh, stealth bits. So, one mechanic is that you can kind of sneak around areas of the game, and instead, you can either like take the area head on, or you can sneak around and uh, look for like an area's commander. So, if you find like the commander, and you pop them like you kill them then any guards that see you like they won't call for reinforcements so you'll have like a finite amount of enemies to kill but so much of the game is like that and eventually i just was like screw this like i'm just gonna gun my way through because i don't know like just sneaking around this wasn't wasn't my thing so that's kind of how i felt about the stealth sections in the first game too I don't blame you. you. Like, they were okay in that first game for me, but only because there weren't as many in the first game compared to this game. So, there's more stealth sections in this game. Like a lot of it. Like, why would they double down on that aspect? That's like probably one of the only things that people like kind of picked up as a negative on the first game. It's like, why would they try to squeeze that in here? To you know, like, I, I think, I think on top of that too is that a part of the story is that the main character bj is kind of like in a very weakened state so and look look we can talk about game skills and all of that and i i forgot if we were even talking about if we had talked about like the whole cuphead thing like on the podcast (laughs) but i think we talked about cuphead um and where i'm going with that is that like I actually played Wolfenstein two like under an easier difficulty than the default, just because like you know part of the story is that BJ is in such a weakened state. Like most characters start with a hundred health, for example, and he starts with fifty. And if you get spotted, you know, like everyone's gonna come down on you, and you're just gonna die a lot, <laughs> basically. And I can't even imagine what playing Wolfenstein is like on harder difficulty levels when you get like you get gunned down like so easily. That changes later on in the story. Uh, but it's just like, is this why the game wants me to be so stealthy? But then like it, no matter what happened, there are parts of the game where it's like, okay, you have that option to be stealthy, but you end up getting caught like what felt like 
75% of the time anyway. Uh, but, you know, like, the weird thing, though, is that there's still, it was still, like, a good story to experience. Like, the characters were great. Uh, BJ's, like, a fun dude, even though he's kind of, like, he's, like, in that, like, mopey sequel state where it's, like, everything is just hopeless. Like, every sequel has to be Empire Strikes Back where it's all hopeless and shit. Right. Uh, <laughs> but um, there were some moments in there that were definitely, like, that definitely made that game worth experiencing. Uh, won't spoil spoil anything. It's definitely worth... Uh, I, I mean, I would say... I would say, you know, to give it a go because I don't know if you would get the same impact, like if you looked it up on YouTube or something. But right. Like yeah, I have one, I have a copy, but I haven't been able to get around to playing it yet. Once one section of it is weird, and maybe like when you play it and you get to it, like we can talk about it. But there's a story moment that that hasn't been sitting right with uh some people. And so right near the, the beginning? No, no, it's oh, that, okay. it's some somewhere like towards the middle of the story. It's like the like the first big turning point of the story. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean like it's it's a good game. Like it's definitely worth playing, but you know, at the same time you know like when you try to find the good out of like something that kind of underwhelmed you and that's what that game was, but you know, like I I still had a good time with it generally. Okay. Doesn't sound like a, a ringing endorsement, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> not much, but like, like, you know, it's, it's there. It's, I, I know oh. I was talking with our, you know, our buddy Gabe about it. He, he tried the game and he was done after about 15 minutes. He got pissed off and he was like, fuck this game. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you got to play it longer than that before you can like have a, like an actual opinion. He's like, no, like there's shit going on just for the sake of shit going on. And I didn't have a choice. It just made me do shit. I was like, mm, okay. Like, I, I get that. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of contention. Like, I think with some people, like when they're playing a game, but then the game, like, takes away control from the player and sort of forces your hand to like watch a cinematic. And then, like, when a choice comes up, it's not even a choice. It's just basically like a hit X to watch the next thing happen, sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure what this moment is because I haven't seen that part of the game. But like, I, I definitely get that concern. But it's like. A lot of games start out that way, though, just to kind of like hook you into the story, and then they relinquish more control as like you know after the 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 beginning of the game is over. Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't. That sounds like Gabe. Like I mean, I I you know I not I can understand where he's coming from. Where like he doesn't like that his like agency is manipulated in the way that that game might in the beginning. Right. That's what it sounds like. Which I can I can completely understand that feeling. Sure, but does the but does the game do that to you a lot? That's my question. Uh, not a lot, but there. What exactly Gabe is talking about, or at least what frustrated him in the beginning, that kind of got to me at the halfway point of that game. So yeah. I understand where he's coming from because I felt that that way about a later event in that game. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of like other stuff. Oh yeah, like I, I tweeted briefly about uh, the Mummy Demastered. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I've been wanting to play is, that so bad. Which is a a way forward 2D game on PS4. Uh, I think it's on Xbox One, probably PC. But I've been playing it on Switch because that's like the. It's kind of funny because we were playing probably 
the best Zelda in years and like the best Mario in like a couple of years, right? But like that mummy game feels like the perfect like switch handheld game where it's like this Metroidvania 2D thing, but it's like super moody and it's just like your base your basic comp it's a super competent just like Metroidvania game based on a very terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, it uh, just like ignores practically everything from the movie, doesn't it? The only thing I think that that's referenced in the movie is like Russell Crowe's faces in it. And like amazing. the actual like mummy, right? That yeah, and the actual mummy, and like that's really just it. Like this thing but, like takes place like in the future and shit, doesn't it? I think so, or like definitely like modern day or something like that. But Crazy. uh I you know, it was like twenty bucks. Um I would, you know what, I would probably, if that game goes on sale, I would probably recommend it there at a lower price point. But, you know, like, I just liked that it, it kind of captured the Castlevania mood because it's been, like, a very long time since we've had a Castlevania game, a 2D, like, Castlevania. Yeah, it's uh, I know we're all waiting for Bloodstained, which I got to play, like, a month back, and I, and I enjoyed it. But, like, I just appreciated the mood and the atmosphere of this game, like, a lot more. Uh, there's not really a lot to say about the game, though. If you've played a Castlevania game or Metroid, like, you know what you're in for. Uh, just machine guns instead of a ion blaster or whatever, and grenades instead of, like, missiles. Yeah, I will be checking thing. out that game eventually. I will be. Uh, one game I know that I played, I touched upon it, I think, in the last podcast or one of the last podcasts, Star, Star, uh, Star, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. That's right. Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten, I haven't completed it, but I've gotten pretty, pretty far in the game. I'd probably say I probably got to the halfway point at this, at, at this stage. And, um, yeah, I, I think I can say for me definitively, I think the last game was better. Stick of truth. Um, the combat I like more in this game. Um, that's what a lot of people say that the combat is definitely better, but it seems like what you just said, like, I feel like that's exactly what a lot of people have said. Yeah, because, you know, it's like with South Park nowadays, like, I wouldn't say it's like they've lost it. Like, they have episodes that are really, really good and really, really funny. And then they have episodes that are just kind of like, eh, it just kind of seems like they're going through the motions. And because they're on a weekly schedule, like, to produce these things, it's like they can't take their time to let things and ideas marinate so that, like, they can get the best out of every single gag, you know? And I feel like this game is the latter, you know, there there's, I mean, it's, you're spending a lot of time in South park. So there are a lot of laughs along the way, but like, I don't feel like it's very consistent and I don't feel like that this is their best. Um, you know, part of the stick of truth was that the, the story was actually really good. The way that it played out was good. The characters were done very well. Um, I like the fantasy RPG aspect of that last game more. I do like the straight up RPG, you know, turn-based combat system. Um, I think I, I just prefer that system because I grew up playing those games as opposed to like the tactical RPG, like move across a grid sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's just it's not it's not the best script overall or the best story idea. What's I do think it's like kind of cool that instead of like the fantasy RPG Lord of the Rings type stuff that they owned in on in the last game, this time they're they're hammering on like satire of like the whole like Marvel universe thing, and I appreciate that because I'm so burned out on that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, it's just not the best material wise. So yeah. Eh. Another game that I've been playing is uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. And I've been playing that on my Xbox One X, which um, that People machine. People love that game. It's it's a really good game. Like, you know, it's it's again, I have to bring up Gabe because like he he watched like 15 minutes of a stream like when I was just getting started at the very beginning of the game one day and he was just like it looks like Shadow of War but like reskinned and I was like okay. <laughs> whatever like i i couldn't like really say at that time what the game was like because like i was just learning it because it is very different from other assassin's creed games like the world is huge and you can do whatever you want whenever you want like it's not just like the only like in previous games the only things that you had to do unless you were looking for like collectibles was to get from like one mission marker to the next mission marker and you do that straight down the line. It's like, okay, there's the next point on the map that I need to go to trigger the next mission. But in this one, like there's like an upgrade skill path where you actually have to craft your own like gear that you're wearing and stuff. So you actually have to go out in the world and you have to go hunting and you know if you need to find like other materials like wood you have to actually like take it from like somebody who's like hauling wood on a cart behind a a a horse on a buggy or something and you have to like get on your camel and you have to chase them down and you have to you know basically like kill them and then take the stuff you know that you want to get from them and it's just you have your main like centralized like city areas in Egypt, but you can go out into the desert and the game lets you go pretty far before it's like, Nope, can't go any further out here. Um, the design of the world that they've created and they tried to make it as historically accurate as possible based on the information that's out there. Um, it's gorgeous. It's beautifully designed. It it's rendered well, it runs well on the Xbox one X at least anyway. Like I haven't really noticed like any frame hitching or anything like that. And the most surprising aspect of the game for me so far is that like, I'm not spending as much time doing the assassins creed like things that people have come to associate with this franchise, which is, you know, climbing, running across rooftops and that whole thing. Like I've been spending more time just like riding a camel or, you know, doing that sort of a thing. And when I'm, when I'm going into exploration mode and not like focusing on doing the story based stuff, the open world exploration actually almost sort of gives me Witcher three vibes. And I know that might elicit some laughs because like I'm comparing a fucking Assassin's Creed game to Witcher three. Not the first, not the first, uh, Witcher three comparison I've heard. Yeah, you, you've heard that out there? Okay, so I'm I not assume, completely yeah. off base. I mean, uh, granted, Witcher 3, no matter what, much better game. <laughs> it has lore. It's got characters. Like, this game doesn't have that. You don't have a lot of character interaction except for what the story makes you want to do. Um, but you can't just, like, run up to any any person on the street and chat with them like you can basically in Witcher 3. Um, the lore is baked in because it's based on, like, actual history. Um but yeah, like the actual open world aspect, like if you pull up the map, like you'll see question marks, you know, just like you would in Witcher and you have to go to them and see if it's like, you know, a bandit den or if it's like a, a, like a, an animal den, you know, you get to these places where like there's a bunch of like 
this one kind of animal and like you have to kill like the kingpin in there so that you could get the 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 super cool you know uh sort of stuff to upgrade your gear and stuff so it's they've they've done a lot with this game like i don't know how much of this they had fully like thought out at the time when they announced after syndicate came out that they were going to take an extra year off with the franchise like i don't know how much changed but the extra time in the oven has helped this game considerably. It you know? sounds like, yeah, it sounds like taking a year off helped it critically and, and commercially. I think it sold, apparently it was like the number two, one or two game. Yeah, it definitely sold a lot better than Assassin's Creed Syndicate at launch. I do remember reading that. Which so. the funny thing is that Syndicate was pretty competent, like a pretty competent game. Like it wasn't bad. And the funny thing, the funny thing is like, at least I understand like people like like ambivalency towards this series because I've never outright like hated Assassin's Creed, but there was definitely been like that lull, like falling into a pattern. But then there oh, was yeah. also uh, Unity, which was like a technical disaster at launch. Right, um, and that's why Syndicate was selling a little poorly at launch compared to Unity because people like were gun shy after the technical disaster that was Unity. Yeah, and I, but you know? it, it just sounds like because uh, I and I I honestly was one of the skeptical people, and I I did not dislike Syndicate. Like I thought Syndicate was all right, but I was like, let's see how this Assassin's Creed does before like I decided like even jump back in. But like I haven't heard a single like negative thing about this game, and even people who were like never who were the the people who stay away from Assassin's Creed because of the way it had been talked about in the last couple of years from, by people. Even they've kind of entered it and like in, are enjoying it. And that's yeah, the only negative that thing. Mode, that's what that, oh, that, the discovery that mode, mode right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that because like, you know, like I've always had like a lot of interest in ancient Egypt. Like that's always been something that I really just like to research and read about. And like, I remember one time I took my younger half sister with me to New York city some years ago and I surprised her. She had no idea why we were going down there. And I did it as like an early Christmas present for her. We went down like late November one year and at the uh, discovery uh, place down near times square, they actually had a King Tut exhibition and there was so many ancient Egyptian artifacts on display. So I took her to that and she was thrilled because she loves ancient Egypt as well. So like it, you know, I, I've always been into this sort of thing and for them to choose this location and then actually deliver this sort of a game, it very pleasant surprise. It was one of my more anticipated titles of the year. And I'm really glad that I'm not disappointed by this one and that it's not just another Assassin's Creed game. And by the way, I'm so happy that I'm playing it on the Xbox one X because of how beautiful it is. But also because, well, I guess the Xbox One S could have done this as well, but like I cannot imagine playing this game in regular SDR. My God, HDR in this game, it's a night and day difference. It is so beautiful in HDR. Anybody, like, I know you don't have one yet, but you're looking into it, but anybody who has not experienced HDR yet, this is a game that'll probably make you understand, like, oh, wow, this is what it's all about. Like it, I mean, who doesn't want to look at ancient Egypt in 4K, right? <laughs> you know, it's not even so much the resolution. HDR, like a lot of people, like if you were to go to like the 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 movie 
collection forums out there like blu-ray.com or whatever and you go to the uhd section of the forum like everybody will tell the new people in there like it's not so much resolution although it's really nice to have like a more like finely resolved grain field and like have more detail and everything but hdr is the game changer that's what really changes things and as far as the video games that i've been playing on that thing so far it's true i've had a lot of moments in this game for example where i've just been like wow like the hdr like i i can't picture playing this game without it so uh really beautiful looking game thanks to uh the hdr implementation i can't wait to see so many more games with hdr in the future like i hope it stays the standard i don't see why it wouldn't but yeah i think for for me i think that's all the games that i've had to talk about recently well there is one other one but we're going to get into that a little bit later down the road but um so one quick one i don't really have that much to say about it yet but i recently bought uncharted lost legacy oh yeah the one with uh chloe and the the uh, one lady from the fourth game one that Uh, i I want to play but i haven't had time yet it was like it was like uh, best buy kicked off i don't know if this was an accident or what but best buy had kicked off their black friday deals and then i go on the site and then all of a sudden it just showed me uncharted lost legacy new for like 16 bucks i'm like sold (laughs) Um, oh yeah i I mean and so far like i'm super at the beginning of the game but like so far it's uncharted and if that means anything to you then i'm sure i'm sure you'll probably dig it uh but a lot of people particularly like this one uh because i remember when we were recording uh sometime last year we were we did discuss uncharted 4 at length and how like you know like it was good but it's it wasn't like the impactful like game that i guess we thought it might be might have been right but um people but apparently people that have that felt that same way like feel differently about lost legacy in which like it's i don't know like like it apparently there's something about it that where they're like this is the best uncharted game hands down so curious to find find out what happens <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely heard very positive things about that game. So, like, I've again, it's another one of those games this time of year. I've got a copy sitting over there, but like, I haven't gotten to it. So, so here's hoping sometime soon. So, um, so not much more to get into, but since it's like November, so it's starting to be around that time where like some people, including myself, like trying to gather stuff to like when we you know when we talk about what our favorite games of the year were and stuff so i started like trying to compile that like anything left i would have to play and i so neo I, so i'm starting neo restarting it i should say yeah, um, we were talking about that not too long ago and you really yeah. liked it and i bought it so long ago but like and i started it uh like just far enough to finish the tutorial stuff in the dojo but i never went back to that game but now, now, like other than Uncharted, I'm not really playing anything new other than Uncharted, and going back between that and Mario. So I'm like, let me try to like squeeze Neo out uh, for the month. But are you doing that on PS4 or PC? Uh, PS4. Okay, yeah, because that's being released on PC. I don't know if it's already out or if it's next month or whatever. But yeah, I think it just came out on PC, right? I- I'm not entirely sure. I just knew that it was coming before the end of the year. So, uh, so last game before we get into into the big one, uh, life is, I've been, I bought Life is Strange before the storm. 
the season, like, because there's only three episodes, which I had learned, but uh, I was just kind of fascinated because either I'm late to the party or just felt like not a lot of people were talking about it, but I guess because they're just waiting on that third episode to come out, but uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm is the prequel game to Life is Strange, where you play as uh, Max's friend Chloe. And, and it's also worth noting that it's not made from the same It's team. not from the same studio, I think, because Don't Nod is working. I don't know if it's because they're working on the actual sequel. I think they or, are. Or, yeah, I think they're, they are working on the sequel, but I forgot if they were working on something else currently. But, yeah, I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot the, t- the, uh, the actual name of the studio, but it's a prequel game to, to life is strange. You play as Chloe, Max's friend. And like, basically the game is much more grounded than that first life is strange game because there's no real power mechanic to speak of, to kind of, to, to kind of make that like a more fan, like a, the, not that life is strange was a fantasy story, but because that the Mac, the main character had that time rewind power, there was a bit of a, fantasy kind of power element to it but this story is like a lot more it's it's a little more grounded it's like basically more of like a young adult novel type of thing because it just it basically is exploring chloe's relationship with rachel amber who was the girl from the first game uh who like disappeared and then you eventually find out what happened to her but so i won't spoil that but i guess uh but th- here i mean there's only been two episodes so far um i think the writing generally like there's not a lot to say except for like the writing i think is a little better here there's some stuff like some contention i still have with the way some stuff is written uh did you play life is strange I yeah i love life is strange except for the fifth really- episode that was garbage <laughs> but the rest of um, it was just so good. I loved it. Uh, the only contention I, I I'm referring to here is like I think a lot of like a lot of the writing improved between these games, and it's especially because Ashley Birch, who was Chloe in Life is Strange, but she couldn't voice that that character again because the whole uh, writer not writer excuse me the voice actor strength yeah that's such a shame related to that. Uh, but she helped develop the story, and it's a stronger story. But like I, my main thing is I can't really stand how the one guy David, the the really militant uh, boyfriend that like her mom is dating, like I can't stand how that dude is written. And there are some situations where, like, it doesn't flow. Like it doesn't flow well. What kind of like reaction I'm supposed to be gauging out of either Chloe or that dude because. It's not so much a, a thing of well, maybe both characters have a point each. It's that this dude is just the biggest asshole guy. But like, wants you like they want you to feel like some sort of weird empathy for him. But it's just it's just super weird, and I don't know how to really word that without getting too much into it and i don't want to ramble on but that's without really spoiling anything like i mean even in the the, uh, the first you know life is strange game he was also so, a really odd character even at that point because as you he said was, he was an odd character because okay I'll, like to really specify it because for me that the dude is written to be a boyfriend right but he but it sounds very clearly like he's like a stepfather 
Yeah. But they keep using the word boyfriend. And a lot of the, the story in Before the Storm is that is that Chloe's father had like died. Her her biological father like died years prior in a car accident. And then, you know, it's just basically her coping her and her mom coping with that since. And the mom like met this this new guy, David, and he's like this pro like military kind of dude. And he's a real hard ass and he wants to kind of whip Chloe into shape uh, for the sake of her, her mother. And generally that sounds like, well, yeah, that's a fair point, you know, like to kind of, but he's overboard. Like, he's really rigid in the military he, mindset. He's, he's super overboard. But the thing that keeps getting to me is that he says certain things and like the way like certain actions play out, um, and maybe this is me projecting and my own values being projected onto there. It's just like, if this dude was married into the family, like maybe I would understand a lot of what he does, but the fact that he's like a boyfriend looking in make just like kind of looking in, it makes some of the storytelling in that, in that particular arc, just kind of off putting for me. Right. But that's, that's nothing, but that's just like a small thing compared to like the rest of the game, which I'm like completely enjoying, like 100%. What you have to uh, probably hope for in regards to that character is like, as I said, in the first game, he was very much the same way. He was just an asshole 24 7. And like, you, you know, you wanted to reach through your fucking screen and punch the guy in the face, you know, like he, he was just so crazy. But like, by the time you got to the end of everything, like it all wrapped around like, hey, maybe this guy wasn't so crazy after all. Maybe he has a reason to be the way that he is. You know, I'm yeah. hoping, you know, based on what you're saying that like they don't miss that aspect of humanization from his character in this prequel story. I, I hope like they're going to take it somewhere. There's but, some, there's a, some of it, but again, like we're two episodes in. I don't right. know if the third episode is due this year. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just kind of yeah, you have to wonder where that goes if they try to play that up, because they did, they did kind of make him. I don't, I don't know if likable is the word, but they, he was definitely like a better character by that fifth episode, even though like you didn't like it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Well, based on that, if, if it's if the writing's still pretty strong and you're enjoying it, I may have to get into it at some point after more episodes are released. Yeah, because I really I liked it this, last time. And I think this third episode is it. Mm-hmm. So you you know you have plenty of time to like jump in before then. Okay. Um. So yeah, those are the games we've been playing. But um, you've been playing one more game, Mike. Well, we're not going to hit that. Yeah, there's one game I want to talk about because it came out first chronologically, and that's Call of Duty World War II. Oh, did and you get that? I did not get it. Um, oh, but you know, there was some controversy with that game when it was being released because you know it's year of the loot box, as uh Jim Sterling would oh, say. Who boy is it the year of the loot box? It really is, and this this game. You know, I was really excited for a long time that Call of Duty was finally going to return to its roots and do the World War II thing. Like, they had my money at some point by saying, hey, we're going back to World War II again. I was like, fucking 
Yes. I remember my old, old PC days where I would game and it was like I was playing Call of Duty and I was playing Medal of Honor Allied Assault, storming the beaches of Normandy, you know, like I have those very distinct memories. I also remember picking up Call of Duty 2 as an Xbox 360 launch title and loving the shit out of that game as well. So if there's anybody that can do this right, it's Call of Duty. They're going back to World War II. Fuck yeah. And then I heard about the loot box implementation in this game. And just, just to be clear, I don't like microtransactions in my games. I don't like loot boxes in my games. But I put up with them as long as they don't like fuck with my gaming experience for me personally on a personal level of enjoyment. Okay. Because it's, it's the future. It's the way things are, you know, there's not much I can do about it at this point. Um, so call of duty world war two though, they've, they've kind of like, you know, when you're buying microtransactions or loot boxes or whatever in the game, there's that aspect of a game. And then there's the actual gameplay component. And there's like a curtain that separates these two things usually, but the developer this time around lowered that curtain and they married these two ideas together. And for me personally, it's the most disgusting way you could use loot boxes in a game. And it's not because of what's contained within them, because within these loot boxes, from what I understand, it's all just cosmetic shit. But the thing that makes me absolutely disgusted about the system in this game is that they're actually turning the players, us, the people who would buy this game and play it into walking billboards to say, Hey, look at these cool loot boxes. Don't you want to buy some that turned me off completely to the point where I said, no, not going to buy this game. Um, and it, it helps though that Call of Duty World War II, based on the footage that I had seen, didn't actually look all that enticing to me in the first place. Um, it just seemed like more of the same. But I don't like that the developer was using us because for anybody who who isn't up to speed on this, the way that it works is that when you're in, in the in-game lobby in between matches, you're kind of at like you're back at like home base and you can see the other people sort of walking around. You can throw football with each other or you could buy fucking loot boxes and they drop from a crate out of the sky in front of everyone. This isn't just, you know, individualized for you. You're not the only one who can see this. Everybody sees the loot crate drop from the sky. They see these cards pop out and they see exactly what you got. This is an exploitive method that they're using to let people see what you're seeing and what you're earning so that you turn around and say, oh, I want to get that cool shit too. And then you want to buy loot boxes. And that makes me kind of sick, you know? Um, oh, something about that just doesn't sit right with me. You know, it's, it's stuff like this that makes me say, like, there really needs to be some sort of, like, at least, like, mention on video game case boxes saying, you know, hey, this this game has a loot box system, you know? Be, be beware, you know, I don't know why they couldn't just keep these things separate from one another, but it's because they want everybody to like get jealous and then want to buy loot boxes. I, you know, fucking God damn it. It's so, I'm sorry if I sound different because I, my headphones uh, had died, but anyway, they, it's just like, I've never, it's just so fucking weird that like they, somebody decided we should have the players watch other players open the loot boxes and you have to sit through this animation 
of watching them open shit on normal. Actually, more than that, they will actually reward you for watching people open. That's their right. Boxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was one of the daily goals right at launch. Like watch, watch. You know, three people open up their loot boxes today. Like, wow, wow. So like. Maybe if Call of Duty World War II looked absolutely like amazing to me, like I, I still don't know if I'd buy that personally. <laughs> I, uh, but that I had, I walked away from that one. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Like I'm still curious to see if like the campaign is good and how the multiplayer <clears throat> fares. But to me, like just what I'm seeing online on like Twitch and stuff, the multiplayer maps don't really look good to me. They look like the same like figure eight bullshit that's been like circulating time and time again in these games in the multiplayer modes and like the campaign itself from what I've seen again, looks very uninspired. You know, it doesn't look like they really like drove anything home. Like I just, I could be wrong just cause I haven't played the game, but like, yeah, this, it was a deal breaker for me, which is sort of hypocritical because yes, the next game, which is the one that you were alluding to before, which is the bigger story by far is star Wars battlefront two. And that's a game that I did buy. Um, but I'm not going to do the typical thing where I just sort of kind of like explain everything and be like, what do you think? Let's open a dialogue about this one. But factually... For, for, the, record, for the record, I have not played Battlefront 2. So I only have like a cursory uh, knowledge of like how the pr- progression works and all that stuff. Okay. So just, just, just to kick off the conversation from a factual perspective, what basically happened was... Battle Battlefront One came out uh, a couple years ago, and apparently the developers were under a crunch because they had to have this game out basically in time for uh, when Episode Seven came out. So there was no single player campaign, and also the the multiplayer component it felt light to a lot of people, and it was. But for me, I got way more time out of just the stuff that was in the core game than probably a lot of people did. Like, I just couldn't stop playing it. Like, Dice, EA Dice knew how to, like, drag me into the world of Star Wars and make a fun gameplay experience out of it that I just wanted to keep playing forever and ever and ever, and I did. Um, But their problem with that game, which they realized, was that because of the light content launch, and then couple that with the fact that they were selling a season pass, saying, hey, more content's on the way, it rubbed people the wrong way. So a lot of people didn't buy the season pass so that whenever new content came out, you know, you would have one large chunk of the fan base or the player base who would move over to all the new content. But then it left the people who didn't buy the season pass left with the old content. And that sort of divide messed with the the player count numbers and like being able to get into full games, especially on the PC. So more and more people were just dropping and dropping and dropping the game as time went on. So EA were like, okay, we heard you. Next game, we're going to have a single player mode. So you don't have to worry about content and any maps or anything that we, you know, release after the fact, after the game launches, we're going to give to you completely free of charge. I think a lot of people's, you know, knew it was going to happen, but you know, here comes battlefront two. Here we are. Right here. We are like the, <laughs> the game. The game has sparked controversy because while EA has heard the complaints about the amount of content in the game and as well as the season pass business, 
Um, we're here with a microtransactions and a loot box model, which has raised a fucking firestorm. Do you want to take it from there, Gus? So, well, I, you know, we were at the CNN. Was this a CNN story? I believe it was on CNN as right? well as other mainstream web. Uh, well, the thing, well, the thing here, I think I'm trying, cause I'm trying to think about what the, cause the, you, you buy the star, you earn star cards because I'm like trying to like, even trying to remember exactly how the battlefront two progression works or not the progression so much as like what it is you're actually buying. All right. The, the star cards give you, um, I think you can get weapons from them. I think I could be wrong about that, but you definitely get like there are certain abilities that you can tie to your. But they're character. temporary, right? They're not temporary. Oh, no. they're not. They're not. Temporary. No, they're not. Okay. Like you know, if if there's a skill, for example, like the card is for like, all right, let's say you get like a thermal detonator card, right? You know, it's like, okay, you have an explosive that you can use now, and then you can upgrade that card by either, you know, getting a better card for the thermal detonator. So you have an an enhanced thermal detonator, or you could use crafting parts that you also obtain through cards in the loot boxes that you get to craft a better card. Um, So basically, crystals, right? Well, crystals is a different form of currency. I think that's the real world money currency. Okay. If that's and then there's there like you use less crystals in order to buy some of this stuff, I guess, than you would in game credits. I apologize. I only I only like I'm trying to clarify it just so that we can then give a picture of how like crazy the events of like the last few days had been. Basically basically the concern, like the way that it was was you know, there was the beta. This was pay to win. This was what people exactly. were arguing that this was all pay to win stuff. So then, because things do uh, give you advantages. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, the game sites had had basically done done their thing and wrote a lot about that because what actually had stemmed earlier. I apologize because I jumped ahead with the CNN thing. Um, basically. I'm trying to remember how exactly it got started, but what I remember was that somebody had counted that it would take like X, like a so like a thousand, like thousands of hours, I want to say, or at least a very, very long time to unlock the game's heroes is how this all got started. It was specifically, um, <clears throat> I mean, it started before that a little bit because people discovered that there was a pay to win component during the beta because you could, you know, you could use in game credits to access cards. And then people got on that. And that was disappointing to hear. But, you know, for me at that point, I was like, I'm still going to buy this game because like I loved the last game so much. And I'll talk about that a little bit uh, as well as time goes on here. But um, things really picked up when the game became available for the 10 hour demo on EA, EA access. And then people saw, Oh, Hey, look at, you know, some of the heroes are locked and it's not like the newer ones, but it was like, primary ones like we're talking Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader and they cost 60,000 credits a piece to unlock. And then uh I I think like Leia and Chewbacca and the Emperor and the Emperor I think they were all like 40,000 a piece I believe. Okay. So um somebody calculated based on their time playing the EA Access demo 
that they were averaging about 275 credits per match, which could take about 10 minutes. Um, so they calculated basically like somewhere between 37 to 40 hours just to unlock either Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. And then if you were to cut that back a little bit, like I think just to unlock all the heroes in the game, you're looking at, they were calculating at least like 120 hours. And that's only by the credits that you earn per match. That's not taking into consideration other credits that you earn in the game based on certain goals that you accomplish along the way. Like, you know, f- kill 50, uh, you know, troopers, you know, like kill 500, you know, you there's, there's certain stretch goals like that in the game that you gain additional credits for. So that, that helps. But that's where the outrage really started because there were people making jokes on like Reddit, like, well, I'm going to quit my full-time job so I can start playing Battlefront 2 to unlock those heroes now. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I, I certainly can't blame those fucking Which people. then, like, after, like, after that story had broken out about, like, oh, it takes this amount of time to unlock, like, all the content or the heroes or anything, then... Um, yeah, then they were talking like thousands of hours considering like all the different star cards and, this is, and everything. And this is Reddit, where Reddit is like basically where all internet drama is born. Uh, and EA, I think, like EA's PR or whatever decided... I think the community manager. The community... Well, yeah, the community manager had then decided to hold like an, an AMA, the Ask Me Anything session. Before that, they had actually tried to make a PR statement on Reddit. Basically yes. saying, oh, this is why we made this decision, and we hope you'll be happy with it and understand. They doubled down on it, basically. <laughs> right, and what ended up happening was that there was a shitstorm unlike anything they've ever seen. To put this in the perspective, downvotes on Reddit is like... A, the most like downvoted. It, yeah, the, the whole statement was like the most downvoted comment on the history of Reddit. Right. I think it's like at around like 700,000 downvotes right now. And, oh and to quantify that a little bit, the before this whole thing began, the highest amount of downvotes that anybody on this site ever had was about 25,000. And that's because they specifically started a thread saying, hey, downvote me. I want to see how many I can get. <laughs> And EA fucking, not only do they now have the most downvoted at like 700,000 downvotes, but they also have like a number of other most downvoted comments behind that too now. Like they're like, they have like a majority of like the top 10, I think, most downvoted comments in the history of that site now. So that's, that's, you know, that outrage started picking up a lot of. Uh, attention in the mainstream media, and that's when they basically said, uh, "How about we? Uh, how about we fucking reduce the credits required?" Like it happened fast. They're like, "We're going to lower the the amount of credits by like seventy five percent to unlock the heroes," and that's when I think they announced they're going to do an AMA. That yeah, just yeah, like around that. Yes, because. Right, because now then they had lowered the the credits. So basically, once you had. My understanding of it was like once you had completed the campaign, you should have enough credits to unlock the the uh, the main character in the campaign in multiplayer. Was one of it? Yes, and I believe that was she. That the main character of the single player campaign was supposed to be unlocked at like twenty thousand credits. Yeah, and then uh, the the EA community manager or Dice community manager, whoever had their work cut out for them by hosting this Reddit uh, Ask Me Anything. 
which really, as I I tried to follow it as it happened, but then like as I reviewed, there wasn't much to follow. There was not much. Yeah, they didn't really say anything substantial. It was just like oh, even more PR stuff. Um, yeah, basically. And it, it got it really got riled. It riled people up, and it said it was sounding serious. I guess something because after the the AMA, I don't know that anything really happened until at least how I saw it was then all of a sudden Jason Schreier 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 I'm sorry of Kotaku had tweeted uh some there's a there's a rumor that like EA is about to pull an Xbox One or something like that and everyone was just like what yeah and then the rumor was that you know like all the microtransactions had been removed uh from the game that ea like all the crystals had been shut down like people were noticing already that like the microtransactions just weren't working you couldn't buy crystals or none of that and then ea had put out a statement now this is the thing though is that the thing the real the one takeaway before we continue is that they had shut down the these crystals and all this stuff that you you had to buy so basically EA had put out a statement, which I had up here, um, just like a whole lot of yada yada. But the one takeaway was that apparently this is all going to be temporary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that this would all be temporary, uh, that it's eventually going to come back. Uh, and the other thing that was actually interesting about this move was because it was clearly like reactionary. Um, and this happened, yeah. This happened the night before the, like hours before the game officially launched, launched on Friday, right? Yeah. And and you know there were some uh, press that actually like within shortly afterwards were saying that what was happening was is that like a few hours before this happened, like Disney basically called EA. That was the thing that Disney that Bob Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, like called who I I, I don't know. If, if he specifically called like the the, the CEO of EA, I think uh, they had like an emergency conference call or something. Basically, yeah, because I'm because if Dis- Disney was getting in on this, they must have known like what the projected like day one sales. The rumors, of this. the rumors was that like because a lot of people assume they hear Disney and what they hear is oh it's the house of the mouse it's family entertainment like so. They think that Disney's sort of putting themselves up on a moral high ground here, but that's not what happened. The rumor, you know, I, I mean, I can't say that's not what happened. It's all just rumor and conjecture at this point. But the rumor is that they actually okayed all this stuff, like the the microtransactions, the loot boxes, and the reason why they were on board with the all CNN, this. Because CNN that's, article. Right. That's, that's, that's where... Because you know, once it hit mainstream media, because how often did microtransact... How often has anything... Like we'd ever complain about, you know, in terms of gamings and like, you know, the microtransactions, all that hit mainstream media. Like, how often did, did it happen? Right. But, but it, you know, but it involved fucking Star Wars of all things. And but they uh, approved of this apparently because they noticed that that was like the trend, like that microtransactions and loot boxes were the thing now. So that's why they approved it because, like, okay, well, that's business as usual. Go I ahead. Think, I think the one thing too. Uh, as you say that you know like a lot of 
a lot like you know in our bubble i guess or our sphere of like gaming and this like audience i think what a lot of sometimes people certain what some people like tend to forget is that when they make like this read this totally felt reactionary for sure like what they had done the fact that this was like hours before a major game launch had happened but like i think people do also tend to forget that like these like the certain decisions made in games like and how like they're marketed and all and like sold like aren't just done like on a whim like regardless of how people may feel about how like certain decisions are made like these companies have like so much data to back that up and like you were saying like i'm sure they had like a lot of data on how you know like on why exactly they thought that this whole fucking microtransaction route was the way to go you know what i mean like like i'm sure like enough i'm sure they have enough numbers like sales and all that and what they thought was were like trends to like justify the decisions that they had made for this game if you listen 180 if you listen to a lot of the conspiracy theories online which may or may not be based on actual truth who the hell knows at this point because there's been so much information floating around out there yeah it's that like they knew a month ago that there was going to be like blowback and that there was going to be like an issue but like they didn't think it was going to be this big which is part of the problem um but like you know ea in response you know like to all of this has been just so brazen like you know not only did they tell us like hey we hear you we're going to fix part of the game, but not the part that you're actually really mad about. But they also told their investors that removing microtransactions on the weekend of launch was not going to affect the revenue that this game was going to be bringing in. Like that, that's like, you'd have to have an IQ of about three to believe that kind of a statement. Like, is there any of those, any of those investors that were like reading that statement saying like, Oh yeah, I buy that for a few seconds. Like, (laughs) no, of course not. Like, you know, this, this is opening launch weekend when you've got more people to tap into than any other time, you're never getting this opportunity back. Like it's gone. And it's because they got too greedy with a system where they, they again it's like they married the concept of the loot box into the actual gameplay elements of the game and that should never happen you know like if you're going to do shit and again this is another rumor that's been out there but like apparently EA wanted to have it just be like all cosmetic shit but Lucasfilm were the ones that were like no 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 you should do it like this <laughs> And again, who knows if that's accurate or not? Like, we can't really say, but we do know that Electronic Arts does have, you know, this pedigree for like really pushing these newer business models as they come out harder than anyone else in the industry. What? The guys who came up with the online pass are going to try and push (laughs) another uh, transactional model on us? Right. You know, like. the guys who wanted us to pay a fee because we bought shit used. So this is what's been really going on with this game. It has been a massive shit storm. And, you know, there's some early analytic data out there from, well, armchair analytics, I should say it's not official, 
But there was a story running around out there that in the UK, at least, like physical sales of this game were down 60% from what Battlefront 1 sold a couple years ago at the time of launch. Now, there's a couple of things to take into consideration here. The UK, I believe, has also been in the news fairly recently with Destiny 2 because, like, their digital numbers have been going up over there and may actually be on the bat, like, t- like seesawing basically, like, right on the edge of digital sales overpassing um, physical copy sales. Like, digital's really going crazy over there. Number two, um, God, I'm losing my train of thought on this one now. Um, the digital sale thing, and uh, it's just the UK. Without knowing what the digital sale numbers are, like it's all just conjecture. Still, that said, obviously, I think it's indicative. It may not be indicative of like the story as a whole, but it's indicative of like the direction as to where the narrative is going. And I do think, obviously, this game lost a lot of sales. There's a lot of people even out there, like still today, that are still like on reddit and creating new threads and saying like they didn't actually fix anything don't forget you know like people are still mad and like people like you know over the weekend like there was hashtag like uh disney uh something about disney basically like supporting um gambling disney gambling something like that yeah Oh, I forgot. I actually know that's the first I heard of any sort of hashtag. Oh, yeah. So that, that's 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 part of the thing too. Is the, that like the people are Disney. associating Disney now since you know they're behind a lot of you know this and they knew everything that was going on. People are saying, "Hey, Disney, you're supporting gambling for our children," which is not a good look because what's going on is regardless of how this affects sales, Disney has the star Wars brand that they have to keep looking good right now because they got a fucking movie coming out. Oh yeah. Because also I'm sorry. Like, yeah, because it what also kind of pushed that narrative was um, Belgium, right? Cause they have laws. Yeah. Regarding Belgium that sort of stuff. Is it Norway? Like there's some, there's some other I place. Think was, too, I think like, it was Belgium. That was like Disney. Yo, are you like, like, getting kids to gamble because that's not kosher over here yeah like they're overseas from us there there are there are governmental entities that are looking into the fucking loot boxes gambling shit now which apparently it needs to happen but i don't think having government involved in our games is a good thing at all get your government out of my games basically um Um, but like here's one other thing though that that I have apparently like seen online though, that what EA has done to this game, and maybe you could, you can speak more to this cause you're actually playing. It doesn't really change the fact that for a lot of people, apparently the progression system is a mess anyway. And that changing, changing this did not really address that. Um, hold on a second. I'm going to have you restate that in a second because I was just reading something that Gabe sent to me. Uh, He said, Reddit made a big pamphlet that said Disney supported gambling along with EA. They spammed the hashtag so much that it got trending worldwide. And if you search gambling on Twitter, the first suggested result is or was Disney. And he said, also, France is looking into what you're talking about as well with the with the gambling stuff. So what 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 were you posing as a question that um that apparently one the other narrative is that what EA did 
or at least what Disney had them do, like, didn't matter because the progression system in the game is apparently, like, a, ma- a mess anyway. Yeah, I mean... I, I, can't, I can't speak to that, but, like, that's a lot of what I've been hearing, too. All right, I'll talk about my experience with the game, but I'm going to back up a minute. All right? Okay. Because, yes, I bought the game, and, you know, speaking of Gabe here, he and I have been going at it, like... <laughs> You like we like we've never gone at it like you know, it's crazy. Like my my experience with this game has been like up and down, like on waves ever since you know um, that beta came out. Because once that information came out that like you know there was like loot boxes in the game, I was like, uh, I don't really know if I want to get into this. You know, especially since the cards are apparently going to be altering performance in the game somehow. I'm not really sure. I'm going to take the money that I've got set aside for this game and we go buy something else. And then like, okay, we'll see what happens. So I did, I went and I bought Wolfenstein two, and you know, I haven't played that yet. Cause I've been playing like Assassin's Creed origins and everything, but so a little more time passes. And then, you know, then people start talking about like the characters talk, you know, costing about like 40 hours worth of real world time to unlock a piece and at that point, that's when I had to throw up my hands and say, like, as much as it hate pains me to do this, fuck it. I can't I can't support this game with that. I'm not going to play for 40 fucking hours just to unlock a single character that should be there in the base game to begin with. Like this game does have heroes unlocked for you right at the beginning and villains like right off the bat. You get Ray, you get Darth Maul, uh, Kylo Ren, Yoda, Hans, Han Solo, Boba Fett. Bosk, um, <laughs> but the ones specifically that you have to spend all these credits to unlock are Vader, Luke Skywalker, Leia, Chewbacca, and is that all? Oh, and the Emperor. Palpatine. It's like, yeah, Palpatine. But and of course, the two most expensive ones were the ones that should be unlocked from the get-go. Like you th- th- having Luke and Vader locked in a Star Wars game out of the gate is like having a Mega Man game, but locking Mega Man behind fucking pay credits. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be super obnoxious and use a sports analogy. And it's like if you buy Madden and you fucking locked out Tom Brady (laughs) and Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Right, right. You can't, you can't, you just can't do that because you're obviously doing that because, you know, people will be like, I got to get that. And maybe they'll drop some money down on the game, right? It is disgusting, you know. There's, there's no question about that. But, you know, uh, because of all the outrage online, EA came back and were like, "Okay, let's reduce the credits from sixty thousand for those characters down to fifteen thousand, and the other ones that cost forty, like now they'll cost you ten thousand a piece." Well, because of EA access, you know, as the game was uh, going live, I was able to take advantage of that ten-hour demo. So I signed up for uh, you know a month of EA access and I started playing Star Wars Battlefront 2. And after the first night I had already you know and I don't play for more than 3 hours at a time. I had already unlocked Darth Vader and by the end of the next night that I played I had already unlocked Luke Skywalker. So at that point like I'm playing the game and there was something else during the beta that I played that I was a little concerned about too because the one map that I got to play during the beta it was very it was very different from the last battlefront game like you, you have these big open worlds that you can basically run around in in any direction you want in the last battlefront game and this each stage is a little more like a straight line sort of 
you know, like two sides basically running at each other. And it's not like this big circular movement sort of thing where like the tides are shifting in any direction. Usually, um, I think that's smarter that they've done that, but this one stage just did not represent something that was going to be that fun for me. So that was still in the air for me when I played the beta. Well, playing the actual like 10 hour demo of the game, I got a much better scope of like what the single player was going to offer, what all the other multiplayer maps were like. And I said, wow, that's a lot of fun. And the fact that I'm actually not really like actively grinding in order to unlock these characters that were going to take me like at least 35 hours to unlock a piece before, like they've answered my concerns about how fun the game is going to be and about like the, the stupid grind that they were going to have in place. So at that point I was like, it's a really fun game. I'm playing it. I'm going to buy it. And that's what I did. Um, as I was saying before, um, the progression system in the game that you're asking about, does it change things? It hasn't impacted my game time playing against other people in a, in, in a respect where I feel like I've died because someone was like super overpowered. There's video evidence out there that I guess people just go and spend money and then they go into the game and that's exactly what they're doing is that they're overpowering people. And I think where this probably affects the game most is actually... Uh, in the online multiplayer mode where like you're flying as an X-Wing or an X or a TIE fighter. And I guess those ships can be super powered or whatever. But um, hold on a second here. I'll have to look at this later. But um, yeah, like they do give you benefits or everything, but like I, for the most part, everything that I've run into, it seems to be like minimal upgrades so far as far as the actual like boots on the ground sort of gameplay is concerned. Um, I haven't been getting slayed in any of the matches that I've been playing personally where I feel like it's just been totally unfair because I feel like I'm like outgunned or whatever. So it hasn't been my personal experience. And if it wasn't for EA Access... <clears throat> and that experience, like I would have had that question. And I probably wouldn't have bought the game, but because I was actually able to get my hands on the game and play it, the progression system, you know, it's funny if you go to like Resetera and you go into the uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 threads there, like any of the people who have actually conceded to, to, to pick up this game and play it are actually saying the same thing. Most people are saying it's a really fun game. It's just too bad that it's like it's dirtied with the micro microtransactions and the loot box system that's highly exploitive. You know, I'm not having a hard time with the game. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. This opens up a conversation, a big conversation, which I've been saying earlier that I've been having with our buddy Gabe ever since the game came out. Because, you know, I told him, I was like, I'm having fun with this game. Like, whatever concerns that there were based on the systems that, that they had in place, like, those concerns are not affecting me. I'm going to pick this game up because I'm having a blast with it. Because with the last Battlefront game, you know, I have a history with that game. Like, I never played the old Battlefront games. That was kind of before my time. But um, the last Battlefront game means a lot to me. I'm a big film guy and I grew up on Star Wars and because EA Dice was able to create the Star Wars universe and put me inside like heavy intense battles in a really amazing way I I fell in love with that game and I played that game probably more in the last two years than any other game and also 
Uh, it was really helpful for me earlier this year when I had all those health issues, like having a hard time breathing for like months. I kind of lost interest in doing a lot of things that I enjoyed at that time. I didn't want to watch anything serious like movies or TV wise. I didn't want to watch anything depressing and I didn't want to play any games that offered me too much challenge. I just wanted to play like comfort food games. So I spent months earlier this year just basically playing a lot of Counter-Strike and Star Wars Battlefront more so the latter. So like it was there for me during a hard time. So I've got like a connection with this franchise now. So the fact that this new game delivered again, and it's even better, I think, in many ways, the the multiplayer modes and the maps, like it's just so much more engaging, I think, than before. Um, but yeah, after all this, the the conversation becomes that he, he, Gabe uh, Gabe and I have been having is, can you have a negative? Can you buy a game like this and still have negative things to say about certain aspects of it? Like, you know, he straight up doesn't even want me to talk to him at this point anymore about <laughs> like bad like business practices in games. If I like is like if you're gonna buy it, you have you have you have nothing to say. You can't say anything about that because you bought it, you fed into it. And the point in this conversation is, which I want to open up for discussion between ourselves, is like, I get the point. Like, if you're buying a game that has shitty things going on with it and you know they're there and you acknowledge they're there, but then you go and buy that product anyway, does that mean you have nothing to say at that point? You know, because not buying that game sends a better message to the company, right? Because it's like, I'm not going to buy your product because you're trying to fuck me, basically, which I agree with. Okay, that, that is the opti optimal way to go. The way that I look at it is that it's a little different. It's that with a game like this, you know, we got to like with Battlefront, the last game, obviously it, it's, it's, it's user base dropped off significantly in a relatively short amount of time. Like you can't get into big games in that, in, in the, the first Battlefront anymore. You just can't. Um, it's a ghost town now. And it's sad because it's, it, it was based off of business decisions by EA to do the whole season pass thing. So Battlefront as a brand is damaged right there. This game comes out, they could have had everything, but it's, it's being damaged again by this other stuff that they're doing. But if the game's fun to me, here's the message that I want to send. The message that I want to send is, I want the game. I don't want the microtransactions or the loot boxes because me not buying the game sends a better message, but it also tells the company that I don't want that game. And that's just not true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hooray, golf clap for like, you know, the 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 60% less people who don't buy the game. But now that this brand has been damaged doubly so over the last couple of games now, are they really going to look at this situation and say, hey, let's run, you know, for Battlefront 3 now? I don't think so. I think that this brand after this is going to be pretty much dead in the water because they're going to realize that what's happened with this game in particular that the brand is too damaged to try and spin the wheel again. That's not the message that I want to send that I don't want the game. You know what I mean? There's a lot of factors that play into like buying it. I can still be unhappy. I think that there's microtransactions in the game, that there's a loot box system in the game. I'd rather have not have those things in there, but you know, in my opinion, 
I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm really tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've been arguing for years, years. You know what happened, Mike? You got older. Like you got, and you, you weren't like, and you felt like you were like a teenager too, especially when I know when you know, we, you actually mentioned it in one of our most recent podcasts. You're like, it's, you know, Mike, it's interesting to see like where you're at now with your stance on this stuff. It's as It's true. Was and it's not me. And you know, it sounds, and it sounds like, but like I'm busting your chops, but like in it's in, in it's, in, it's a, it's a casual, but like very, very just interesting observation. And it's not at all a judgment. Like, I hope you don't take no, it. No, no, I didn't take all. it that way at all. But like, you're, you but it is, it is, correct. it is very, very interesting. Like the turn you've taken, but like the thing, the conversation though, a lot of what you have especially put at the forefront is that you have an actual like emotional connection to, to the game and not because not simply because like, of the Star Wars brand, but because it helped you get through a pr- pretty bad period in your life. So I can, I, you know, like right off the bat, like I, I can understand why you feel this way about Battlefront 2, about how f- much fun you're having and this conflict is here. I mean, like in, in reality for me, my, my, you know, like you don't have to, you shouldn't, you don't have to like spend all day in front of a mirror, like, convincing yourself like did i do the right thing because ultimately you're just buying a product this is a game you know what i mean like and i'm not even trying to close it like just simplify it in that in that terms i'm just like it's just like buy like you at this rate you just buy what you're gonna buy and i I don't know how else to really put it because it's to me while we talked so much like everyone in this fucking sphere has talked so much about how shitty like these microtransactions are i think like i can't just help but look at it from a viewpoint of like well again like i like i've always said if if it's not like microtransactions it's gonna be something else they're gonna fucking right you know try to get get our money out of and there was already an article today by like I didn't read it, but it was making the rounds today by some like CNBC from some analyst at some firm. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, it was on CNBC's website, and the art just the article was like gamers, you know, complaining about the microtransactions aren't justified, and that games should actually have their prices raised and all this stuff because you know the uh, the costs and all and the development and the manpower and all of that that but. always comes up in conversation too but like the one thing that everybody forgets when they bring up this point is that like when games were $60 way back when like there wasn't that large of a gamer base out there and now it's fucking massive they're not hurting especially with a game like this where the, the property is Star Wars you know what i mean like I, it was yeah it was shooting fish in a barrel but the, the weird, just the weird takeaway is just like the expectation from this per- particular analyst was like, well, you know, a person paying $60 and investing like all these hundreds of hours into Battlefront is a better value than going to see like the, the actual movie anyway. But it was weirdly worded because it, it implies that it has a weird implication about how gamers spend their time playing Battlefront. Like we're all not all just like, playing it 20 literally 24 7 to get our value right out of it and on top of that like this is now veering into a different conversation because like microtransactions to me is 
is is not even so much a topic so much as a symptom of like game industry's problems in general uh which is making games for investors rather than the people who are playing the games on top of on top of just like everything about game development in general and like you know inflating budgets and all of that which is like a massive conversation for another time i guess but like i'll I'll just quickly say though like i i I think i actually wrote something on the website a long time ago or at least (laughs) talked about it on an old podcast where it's like you know, you, you have developers and you have, you know, publishers out there, you know, that's their go-to argument, which is, you know, games cost a lot more to make today now too, you know, but sure. But like, did anybody want a multiplayer mode in God of War Ascension on the PS3? <laughs> did anybody want multiplayer? Was anybody begging for multiplayer in Crystal Dynamics new Tomb Raider game? Like, no, like everybody has like, there's no reason why a game has to be 50 hours just filled with bloat with collectibles. You don't have to go to all that length to add all the extra content just to get people to be like, oh, that game's going to take me a long way because it's so long, even though it's mostly useless shit in the game. And then, yeah, and, then, and then that 50 hour whatever be- is like becomes a massive disrespect to my time. Right. So they don't they t- that well. Right. So like these games, like they're spending so much extra time and development time, you know, money and resources and all that and manpower to make all this extra content in these games that just doesn't need to be there where there are companies out there that say, hey, we'd rather not spread ourselves thin and focus on what works for us and we'll make a quality product for you. And that that works. You know, and like these companies don't seem to grasp that. What they want to do is they want to get every single potential sale that's out there. And they, in turn, they they design these games with the and the kitchen sink mentality, right? You got to throw everything in there that's going to, you know, tick all those boxes so that it's going to appeal to everyone. There's a little something for everyone, you know, and it's like maybe if you focus more on building quality games instead of just large games that just have a bunch of shit thrown in it, maybe people would respond in kind by purchasing your game because they can sense that there's passion behind it. Like ID software with doom. Okay. Doom had a multiplayer component, but, ID software did not work on that. They farmed that out to someone else. They focused entirely on the single player campaign and it's a quality game. You know, I don't know about the new Wolfenstein game, but you know, machine games with the last one, they did the same thing. They said, we're not going to do a multiplayer mode because we want to focus on this single player mode because we know that we can deliver a strong product. But if we spread ourselves into this area and that area, we're just going to give you two half-assed products and we don't want to do that. You know, some companies out there have figured this out, but many have not, you know, and I think Gabe, again, referring to him again, he said it best in a conversation the other day. It's like it's EA again. It's Star Wars. They would have made a bajillion dollars with this thing, no matter what. You know, the problem is, is that they don't want to have a lot of money. They want to have all the money. (laughs) The crazy thing, though, about that is that my my one contention with that is that if that were true we would have also probably have had that scoundrel game, whatever it became. Uh, and I'm referring to that, that whole, like what that whole canceled visceral star Wars game thing that was happening with Amy Hennig before it got canned, I guess. Yeah. But the, the thing that people have latched onto with that story is that that a lot of that content is going to be reworked 
and it's probably going to be worked reworked into a game with a lot of microtransactions and loot boxes. Well, no, well, what I'm saying, what I'm more getting at is that it's just crazy that like you have a license like Star Wars, but even EA, but like EA could not even say say a single player game. Remember when Star Wars thirteen thirteen was a thing? Yeah, and I remember that. Even they were like, EA was like, well, we don't believe this single-player Star Wars experience would make us money, would make us enough money. And so we have to fucking go and turn into this, like, games-as-a-service model. That's just crazy. Like, that is crazy that you that you don't have that, like, that you just don't, you have this license and you don't really know how to manage it. I'll circle this back to the more personal aspect that I was talking about before. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean even straight. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine because you, 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 you're bringing it around to an interesting point here. And the point is, is that like what you're talking about is the shift in the industry and it's been coming for a long time. And that's something that like in the lead up to the launch of battlefront two, like I, this is something that like I would seriously like get like upset about and something that was tearing me apart inside mentally and emotionally. Like it shouldn't because it's just a video game, but it's that fact that like one of my favorite games over the last couple few years has been Battlefront and here's the new one and it's got these issues, but the game looks like it's going to be fucking awesome to play. You know, I, I'm torn going back and forth between what I should do or not. And as I was saying, I'm tired because over the last however many years, whether I'm talking with friends or I'm talking on Reddit or other video game forums or doing this podcast or writing for the website, I've been talking about, you know, the fucked up things about the season passes, the microtransactions, the loot boxes, all this time. And I've said all along, hey, listen, if you keep buying season passes, if you keep buying microtransactions, if you keep doing the loot box thing, it's going to be over before you know it. They're just going to be here to stay. And usually the comments that I've had online from people over the years has been something similar to, okay, well, that argument doesn't have any real merit. You're just kind of applying the slippery slope theory to this. Okay, well, here we are. 2017 and we have fucking battlefront two happening, you know, like, and we, every single major game that launched within this holiday window so far has got microtransactions and loot boxes, Assassin's Creed origins. Okay. Uh, battlefront two destiny two, obviously like these games all have loot boxes and microtransactions in them. And at this point, it's like, it's here. The future of gaming that I didn't want to see is here. And I know this isn't a blanket sort of thing because there's still going to be certain games to play out there. But for the most part, the way I see it at this point is the AAA game industry is fucked. You know, this is just the beginning. And this backlash against Battlefront 2 is not going to be unique in the respect that EA is not going to back off entirely. They're bringing back microtransactions into the game at some point. They just have to sit back and they have to retool things so that it doesn't, outrage people as much uh but other studios are going to be continuing with loot boxes and microtransactions and it's like to a certain extent if i was to like all these people out here who are rallying against battlefront 2 and they don't buy the game and i have nothing against anybody who doesn't buy the game because all the power to you like you know like i feel dirty for buying it for sure 
but I sit down and I play the game and I'm having so much fun. And then I sort of don't fucking care anymore, you know, because I'm tired. I'm tired of having these arguments and telling people this is what's going to happen and having everybody say, eh, you know, fuck you, <laughs> you know, like that. You're just talking nonsense, old man, you know, go back on your front porch and sip your iced tea, you know, like, but here we are. And now there's no way to get rid of it. It's not going anywhere. If anything, all these companies are going to continue to do is to retweak and retool things so that people are eh, upset, but not upset enough to not buy the games. And so I have to ask myself, as far as AAA gaming is concerned, and I do like playing a lot of AAA game you know, entities that are out there, such as, you know, like Assassin's Creed and whatnot and Call of Duty when they're not turning me into a walking billboard. Um, do I have to quit AAA gaming in order to take a stand? Because like that kind of looks like that's where things would be heading if I was going to really speak with my wallet and not support anything that I didn't agree with. You know what I mean? My choice is to either do that or to buy these games, but to use my voice. And I think the latter is definitely, which I'm I'm saying with Battlefront 2, the direction that I'm I'm taking. I feel like I would rather like I if it I mean knowing me because I've already done I've already played games in which like I've been completely culpable in like the whole microtransaction thing. Yeah, I remember you saying you bought loot boxes in Overwatch and shit. Well, like I've spent like a hundred bucks on loot boxes in Overwatch. Wow, a hundred dollars! I had no idea you had that bad a problem. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think the thing is though too, in uh, although you know I joke about it, is that it, this is is all also kind of stems from the fact that we all collectively, like as a collective, kind of decided that we were okay with this. Specific, I guess, specifically because loot boxes started started. Gabe just said he's going to go shoot himself. By the way, and I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about what you just revealed. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is us just basically I thought he was going to bed by the way but okay. yeah, he, he said if he wanted to chat about this he'd hop on here but, you know. <laughs> um, like we all collectively decided that uh, uh, in a way that we were okay with this too when loot boxes were just uh, a, a cosmetic thing until companies decided <laughs> until companies caught on that they could make money off of this and then we're here where we are right now but what i was mostly getting at was like i don't know like at this point too because you know again as i think about what you're saying now versus what like 2014 2013 mike would have said about all of this like i mean i i don't know why you couldn't there's no i don't think there's anything like hypocritical exactly or or any or it's like it's not black and white for you to ha- like buy this game enjoy it like you're enjoying playing it but you but you feel like there's a part of it that you want to call out like critically that you want to criticize or acknowledge a problematic because why because then why why buy anything then you know what i mean right you know something's gonna have a flaw in its design or something right like and even if you're talking about like the dirty tactics that are used in order to sell the product to us I, you know, leading up to the release of this game, like one of the things that I kept thinking about so much and one of the analogies that I kept making, you know, to myself while I was thinking about this was it doesn't matter what industry you're talking about. If you pull back the curtain to see what's going on behind the scenes, you're going to walk away pissed off. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. There, like, it doesn't matter if you're talking about Hollywood and filmmaking. It doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, the music industry and how that whole thing works. You know, and like we're that. pulling back the curtain on a lot of dudes in the in these industries too. Like, right. And it's like, am I yeah. never going to watch movies again? And you know, like we found, we've known for a long time that, like, you know, Tom Cruise was fucking crazy. Did that stop me from watching his movies? No. You know, Mel Gibson, he's a fucking anti-Semite. You know, like, does that stop me from watching his movies? No, Harvey Weinstein is a douchebag. If I, am I never going to watch any of the the movies that were put out by Weinstein Productions again? No, because Damn, I just realized that label. You I, know what I mean? Like not to drift off, but I just realized I sat through Goodwill Hunting like twice this week on TV. Right, like so. Um, like my point is, is like the analogy I made in a recent piece of writing on the website is that like I like eating sausage, right? You know, I I. I come to eat the sausage, but I don't want to see how it's made. You know, I don't want to go visit the wizard of Oz and like get so curious that I look behind the curtain to be like, you know, to have the illusion ruined for me. And that's kind of like, I like being aware, like mentally. Um, I don't like being the person who's not aware. I like to be woke, you know, I do <laughs> believe talking, that ignorance is a guy. Best. Go ahead, got him. I'm sorry. I do think that ignorance to a certain degree, like I'm jealous of the people who are just ignorant, who buy their video game systems and they just buy fucking Call of Duty and Madden every year. And they're like, oh, what's this? You're pissed off about Madden cards? Oh, you're pissed off about Call of Duty season passes? Fuck you. I'm going to play them anyway. Ha 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 ha. You know, like I envy those people because they don't know about all this shit. They don't care about this stuff. They just see a commercial on TV. They see a video game. That's fun. And they'd be like, Ooh, I want that one. And then they go and they buy it and they sit down and they have fun with these products without a second look. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. A hundred thousand percent. Do you know why I want that? You know why? Especially because everything you've just said about how you feel about like battlefront, and like just like your acknowledgement of like how the sausage is made and all that. Now you will not be surprised to know that I have a Monday night football game on mute right now <laughs> on TV. But not surprised at all. Take take this take this though. Think about this. You know me as someone who watches this game heavily, but is completely a thousand percent aware of like the behind the scenes like bullshit garbage that has been going on with this league for like the past couple of years in terms of politics, uh, in terms of social commentary and stuff. And every, t- every time, like I read about some, some garbage thing, like the owners are doing, and this is how I relate it. And this is why I, I actually kind of think of more like I align with what you're going through with this, because I still like the game, just like you still like the game battlefront. I still like the game because I acknowledge the problematics of like what's going on and like i run it through you know in my head and i not that's the thing that it doesn't have to be like this fucking like black and white one one one-sided like it doesn't have to be that way like you i feel like we can acknowledge the problematics of things understand kind of come to terms with them and then make a like an educated decision on that you know, which is what I think. Things, which I'd like to think I'd like to have done with this stupid sport, just like you. I think I'd like to think you have done with this game with Battlefront. 
the thing that's really interesting to think about, I think, with all the outrage and everything, is that okay, let's look at the seven hundred thousand down votes on Reddit for Battlefront Two. I mean, granted, what spoke more than anything were had been the, the decline in sales for this game, without a question. Without that, it wouldn't have made a difference. However, the outrage on the internet is what's what had eventually caused mainstream news to be reporting this story. That is what got the wheels turning for them to feel in a pinch and practically overnight say, okay, we're going to lower the cost of credits it takes to unlock these characters, okay? We'll talk to you about this other stuff soon in an AMA. You know, our voices do have a it, we do have a power. This this is the positive thing that that came from this story, you know? You don't have to just say I'm never going to have fun again. Right. Like I'm not going to buy products that I'm going to genuinely enjoy again. Like you can use your voice and if it's loud enough and it, and the echo chamber around you is, is really making that le message loud and clear. It's going to get somewhere because to a certain extent, these games, these companies can try and fuck you and it works very often, but they do have investors to MPs. And if you raise enough of a stink, like, you know, we saw what happened here. Change did occur. Did they remove loot boxes from the game? Did they remove cards from the game? No, of course not. Are they going to be bringing back microtransactions at some point? Of course they are. But they pushed too far for the launch of this game, and they got blowback from it. And it's irreversible at this point. Like, maybe they'll accumulate some sales from people who are pissed off now once things are changed, you know? once they actually make their actual changes and have them fully implemented into the game from here on out. But there's a lot of lost sales. They're never going to get that back. Like, and it's because people use their voice, you know, I, I'm, I'm, that's part of the problem that I've had with this argument lately is because it's like, it's been so black and white and it's not just Gabe, you know, who I love, like I consider him like my Italian brother, you go on to Reddit or you go to Resetera and it's the same thing in those threads there. You have two sides of the conversation. The conversation is, fuck you, you supported this game, you fed into this like you can't say anything versus, but the game's really fun. <laughs> you know, like th those are the only two sides and, and, and it's that's, like... That's the problem right there though. Like that, I don't, like at least for me, I don't, there's no two sides. There is... Right. It's like you bought if you bought the game, that's it. Like you can't buy the game. Otherwise, you're sending a message. And it's like, you know, some people vote Republican. Some people vote Democrat. Like I went third party on this one. Like, as I said earlier, I acknowledge that buying the game sends a better message to not buy the game. But like, that's not the message that I wholly support, because I also don't want to say I don't want these games. You know, I, I still want the games that I enjoy. I just don't want this other shit married into it. And if they're going to be in there, because it's very clear that these business models are going to be in the game. Like you have to keep it cosmetic or something, especially for something like star Wars, which you were going to make money on anyway. But you know, that conversation is what's happening online. And it's like, I don't know why people think it's just one way or the other way. And I think part of it is because, people have been seeing this conversation happening so much that they think that's the only way that it has to be. Especially with EA. Because, <laughs> like, I keep... And, you know, you know, we're in 2017 yelling about EA. And I just think about how, really, like, they sort of got the ball rolling with 
I feel like this not the first instance, but like they really. Well, I mean, Madden with their fucking the cards in Madden for years. Not even, now. Just, not even just that. Like I just think about the fucking Mass Effect three ending, and how that like swirled, and that it wasn't even a, a paid thing. That was just people like getting upset about like you know a choice choice design in a game before like everything else. Like before we started yelling about online passes and used games. And whatever the hell else EA loves doing in their fucking games. Yeah. I would I would caution the gaming community out there to not get too cocky, though. Because, yeah, there's like 700,000 downvotes on Reddit. But we have to remember that each and every single one of those. As a matter of fact, I would probably wager less than half of those are people who are actually going to buy the game in the first place. There are probably people who are downvoting that who never intended to buy this game. There are people who aren't probably even gamers who voted on that thing because what EA did was screwed the pooch, not just with the hardcore gamers who are usually pissed off by these decisions. They insulted the gaming community as a whole on this one and Disney fans and Star Wars fans. Like that's a very fucked up trifecta to try and just like run into with a fucking flamethrower. You know what I mean? Like they shot themselves in the foot on this one hands down and i do feel bad for ea dice like i know like there's probably an argument to be made like well they decided to get in bed with ea or whatever but like they made a really 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 fun fucking game here if you like battlefront this is a really fun game it does have that other component to it with the cards and everything which is a bummer but the game is still super duper fun to play and i feel like there's a lot of people out there who you know, are just sort of like going along for the ride without like trying it for themselves. You know, I know there's people that have serious convictions out there and they're holding to them. And I applaud them for that a bajillion percent. Do what you want with your money. I would not write a review on my website for this game right now and say, oh, yeah, I recommend this game to everybody. This is a personal choice that you have to make me. As I was saying, no, I just. I can't, I can't, I can't speak with my wallet anymore by just not buying things that I know I'm going to enjoy. As I said earlier, Call of Duty World War II, it doesn't look fun to me. So it's easier to say I'm not buying that game because you're like, I buy games that I'm just kind of like, hmm, interested in. Like, I'm kind of curious how it is. Like, I do that all the time. I have to see what these games are like for myself because I'm curious. But World War II, it didn't really appeal to me. It doesn't look like a lot of fun. It's easier to walk away from. Destiny, I got burned pretty badly with the first game. So I'm, I don't give a shit about Destiny 2. You know? A game like this, though, hits close to home. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to not buy games, you know, anymore. It's 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 just not in the cards for me. So I think I've probably exhausted this, this topic, this point in contention, whatever. Um, unless Gabe, who's been Skyping me a little bit here and there, if he has anything he wants me to address or whatever. But um, uh, talking to you has been good, though, because like Gabe is on a very extreme end of the, the, the spectrum, and I've always super duper respected him for it. And I still do in the case of this um, with the Star Wars stuff, because like... That's awesome. And like, you know, to his credit, like he said, if they change the game around enough or like they just remove this shit completely, he would give them his $70 the moment they do it just to send a message, 
which is awesome because I wouldn't do that either. You know, like I wouldn't buy a game just to send a message. Like if I wanted to play it, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, even think like yeah, like Gabe and Gabe's perspective on it isn't isn't invalid either because like, it's absolutely you know, not because like people who decide like they're just not going to give them the money. I think like if I were to have any sort of contention, it's only to tell other people how they should fucking spend their money. And that's where I'm like, nah, like, you know, like you can't really be dictating how, what uh, the perception, other people's perception of value. But like, if you're, you know, if you're one of the people, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to give them my value of what I, you know, what I perceive, what I perceive as value for this game. That's like a different thing. That's a different story. Right. And to be fair, like p- him and others like him on the internet, their point isn't to tell us how to spend our money or not. It's that um, it's basically like the whole, oh, well, the, the presidential election. Oh, well, you voted for him, so you can't complain kind of thing. That's not that's not valid. I don't think that's a valid argument to make. Like there's a lot of people who genuinely thought as misguided as they may have been that Donald Trump would have been a good choice because he's not your typical politician, right? Like it all sounds great on paper and a lot of American citizens out there don't do their homework. You know what I mean? And it's like, they went out and they voted for this guy for the same reason that they went and they voted for Obama because they wanted change, you know, change is a very important word when you're sick of the same old shit time and time and time again, you want something to get shaken up so that actual change occurs. And Trump was the answer for people. Those people don't have a, a, a reason to complain if they're feeling disenchanted now. I don't think that's true, you know? And so it's not the fact that like they're telling you how to spend the money. It's the argument that like you don't get to have a say anymore because you purchased that product. That's, that's baloney to me. Yeah, because like again, to me, like then why why buy anything if you're not going to really react to it? It's if like, you, hey, you're, you're, if you think you're giving up your right to react to it, you know, like, and it's funny that you you know that that even got brought up because, and this is not a like a massive thing to get into, but I saw people reacting this way to Justice the Justice League movie, where people were saying if you paid to see the movie, you contributed to the movie's success, so you can't be critical about it, which, like, what the fuck does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. That actually consuming the product means I have a say in it, you know, in evaluating it. Right. Right. Like, it's like, you can't, I don't know. It, you know, it's like, again, as we were saying, pulling back the curtain, you're going to see the ugliness no matter what you're talking about. Like, you know, you go to the supermarket and you buy a box of cereal. Why don't you open up the curtain, you know, for that company and see what kind of nasty shit they're in bed with, you know, or like your favorite music group, like, you know, the lead singer or the lead guitarist, like he might go home every single night, shoot up heroin and go into a coma for five hours, wake up, beat the fuck out of his wife and you know, get up on stage the next night and then sing in front of everyone. And like, nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes. But if you were to find out that shit, like, you know, I I don't think it invalidates the music that you've enjoyed the entire time. Like there's a lot of people like Michael Jackson's the perfect example of that. Like, yeah, there was all that pedophilia stuff. And I kind of do think he probably was guilty of shit, but like I could hear a Michael Jackson jam from back in the day and still say, that's a good fucking song. (laughs) Like I'm never, I'm not going to never listen to thriller again. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, it's, it's good to be 
it's good to be sort of a revolutionist and to sort of, you know, put your foot down and, 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 and fight the good fight. Um, I think at some points though, the world moves on and I think we have to acknowledge it and roll with it a little bit because again, like I, I could sit here in every single show we ever do and say, rah, 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 microtransactions, rah, 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 loot boxes. The fucking battle is over. We lost, we lost. <laughs> You know, and that, that 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 breaks my heart to say because I never wanted the gaming industry to turn into mobile games at a sixty dollar price point on powerful hardware, but it's where we are. You know, like, and it's then like you have you have, where you have is headed in like a couple of years, in like three years, especially as the generation like comes is like nearing nearing an end. If 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 it ends like anytime soon, really? Yeah, there's a whole lot of speculation on whether you know when PS5 will be coming out, but I'm not looking into that right now. I have my Xbox One X, and that thing is actually pretty much a beast based on what I'm seeing so far. So, um, on my 4K TV, it's it's pretty goddamn nice. So, I'm happy for a while. That's for sure. So I don't really have anything else to add. I, I I guess that's that's sort of my my take on Battlefront 2 and my sort of defeatist attitude <laughs> as far as arguing about certain things. Like there's I think we have to acknowledge, you know, moving forward that like microtransactions and loot boxes are here to stay. They're gonna be part of the video game economy and the climate from here on out. And I think there's still conversations to be had, but the conversation is no longer fuck microtransactions and fight fuck loot boxes. It's just, it's, it's not possible. You know, these things cost zero, not zero, but they cost very little for, for studios to implement into the game design, you know? So whenever you buy loot boxes with real world money, it's basically just profit for them. So of course this stuff is never going to go away. The argument that we have left that we actually still have power with, and it's been proven with battlefront Two is to what to uh, what the degree is that we find is acceptable or not to deal with. That's that's the fight that we have moving forward. And you know, with this game, so far it's a win, you know. It may not resolve everything that's an issue in Battlefront 2. It may not change the way the star card system is and and how it grants people abilities that give them a little bit of a leg up in game. But at least it removes that crazy fucking grind. At least it's going to scale back, you know, how much things cost in the game with your in-game credits that you earn. Like, at least it's moving into a certain direction. And we've made that happen. And I'm and I'm happy about that, you know? It's not the win everybody wanted, but it's a win. I'll take it. So, I don't know. Well, all uh, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, there were, there was another, I, another topic I wanted to get into and I'm not really going to go into it because we've, we've talked enough tonight. I think, um, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge, you know, after all the, Hey, Neo gaff is burning down conversation that we had in the last couple of podcasts that resetera, the alternative to Neo gaff is up and, uh, it's a pretty cool place. I, so I just kind of wanted to kind of give a little golf clap in their direction. Um, I enjoy talking about video games on that website. Um, 
How do you feel? How, how have you felt about that place? Have you been participating in conversations there? Uh, I went to the two communities I participate in and haven't looked back. Like, no, I mean, it's, um, I mean, first of all, I, you know, I do appreciate a more modern, a forum with more modern sensibilities, I should say. And if I'm being honest, though, I hadn't thought about the other place, like, since every, all that went down. Uh, but I mean, it's, you know, you still have, you still have some, some of your, some of your misguided uh, posts and attempt at conversation, so to speak. But generally, I think there's a there's a more pleasant, like a more pre- pleasant, more like accepting atmosphere. I, I guess I should say it doesn't yeah. feel so like like I don't feel like I have to. Not that I ever felt this way, like per, just from personal politics or anything, but. I don't feel like I have to walk like on eggshells to talk about anything on there compared to other places on the internet. Maybe I'm going to slightly disagree. I guess it depends on the topic and then this is my well, only depends. No, it depends on the topic. But what I mean is like there were some, you know, things at the other site that maybe weren't controversial in topic, but for some reason, you know, certain like moderators had reacted maybe a little too swiftly. Yeah. My, my to- thing with like NeoGAF is that like, it was obviously like for some reason that idiot that owned that site, like he honestly thought it was a progressive forum, you know, <laughs> it was clearly anything, but you know, the way that it was run, just the conversations that were happening there. But like my only complaint about Resetera is that it is, it is like the 100, an 80 degree opposite. Like I think like progressive progressivism is very alive and well on that site, which is great as a response to Neo gaff. But I think it like it, I think it's leaning way too hard into it. Like, I feel like if, if I get in those conversations and I say something like truthfully and honestly, like, I feel like somebody's just going to jump down my throat and I can't share my opinion because it's, it's offending someone, even though like there's, there's nothing that I'm trying to like offend people with. <laughs> there was a conversation on the website about like something about like females being portrayed in video games in a very sexual way and how it's like degrading to women basically. And I basically came up in the conversation with the point that, well, like, you know, sex sells, you know, like it's, you could say that sex doesn't sell because that you, you think it's sort of like a, it's, it's sort of demeaning to someone's character in a way or for the human race. And that like, it's, it's 2017 and it's an outdated idea, but it's not sex sells, you know, that it's the reason why they keep pushing like, you know, the characters for like that looks scantily clad or whatever in video games. It's, it's just the way it is. Like if sex didn't sell, they wouldn't be selling it. You know what I mean? But it is because of part of it is their target demographic, which are like teenage boys, I'm sure. Um, and that might have to say more about the industry than the people who are buying games that have that stuff in it. But I basically said, yeah, sex sells. It's a business thing, you know, like it shouldn't be taken personally, you know. Um, However, like there's also a component, I think, when we get into these conversations of uh, recreational outrage at play, because, you know, there's a lot of people that 
participate in these conversations nowadays and make the issue seem so much bigger than it is because, you know, everybody likes to feel validated on the internet. So they hop on the train, you know, not everybody probably has as strong conviction as far as the way women are portrayed in video games, but like they're still voicing their opinions because, you know, it's an easy fight to win. It's easy to argue with people about it and come off as correct and get kudos and get upvotes on Reddit and whatever. Out of that whole that whole thing, which I don't think was an unfair point to make, the only thing they pulled out of that was when I said recreational outrage. <laughs> they took that keyword away and they were just like, oh, well, so I don't have anything that I can be offended by. But like they basically thought like I was like undermining like how they felt about the way things were in video games. So I was like, no, OK, I'm out. I'll see you later. Like the social justice warrior component is huge on Resetera. And like it's easy enough to avoid. I just don't go into those threads anymore. Like as far as talking about video games and whatnot, it is cool. But like, if you run into any of those like SJW topics, like just kind of go in there and maybe not type anything because it doesn't matter what you say. People are going to take it the wrong way. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. Like I'm only speaking from my perspective. So maybe I was being insensitive. I really don't think so though. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you know, there's still that component of like sex selling and it, might less have to do with like, you know, actual consumer response to it than what like some fucking dipshit executive like thinks of you basically when they want to sell you a product. That's why Carl's Jr. ads are still, are still like, are still like scantily clad women like eating burgers or whatever the fuck. Um, and another you know, point that I brought up too is like, you know, there's cost, you know, cosplayers out there who dress up as these characters that are apparently so demeaning towards women. And like, they seem to do it because they enjoy the art. They enjoy the designs and it's just fun to do. And like, do you know, do they think their lives are over because they're doing it? You know, no, you know, for everybody who thinks that it's demeaning and degrading, there's other people out there like of the same sex who think it's cool. You know, like, like I am a woman, I am, unique i am different and i'm going to flaunt that you know what i mean like i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's like when you start having that conversation about you know uh black people and white people and it's like sometimes you you enter into that conversation and somebody says no 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 i don't want us to pretend like we're the same because we're not and that's not a bad thing to say that it's just culturally we are different and we should celebrate those differences you know and that's not a negative point to make you know, and I think maybe there's something that could be at play here with this aspect of of the way sex is portrayed in video games. You know, some people just like it. Some people don't like and that's OK if you don't like don't buy the games. And that point was made in the thread, too. And people were like, well, then I would have no games left to buy. No, I don't think that's true. I'll just say, like, as someone who, tr you know, like I try to be. I make my efforts to be better socially and try to understand the others, you know, like other perspectives. So when someone call, like calls me out on something, uh, you know, like I will try, I will do my best to try to understand where they come from. But on top, in the, some, some people's like overzealousness gets a little exhausting, 
for a while. I'll just say that. That's yeah. not even that's not a reference to anyone specific. I'm just saying, like, as someone like who brow like browses Twitter and like the those forums, and I'm not. I haven't had that like issue with that forum. I don't really have any major issues with Resetera as a forum uh, so far. But no, like I know it went on for a while, but like I wouldn't say it's a major issue. Like it's just something. It's my one complaint about the site is that I do think it, was it just takes an experience too far. Had, like, right, and um, I like it's alive and well on that forum, and like it, it, I, I do feel like yeah, like some stuff is worth talking about, but some people some overzealousness is just is it is exhausting and yeah. it just makes me not want to engage in shit but video games damn cool place to go and talk so <laughs> um they're also you know there's insiders that are there um but they're the community from what i understand is also doing something to try and get them to engage with the community that posts there um directly as well through some sort of like kind of like set up like Q&A sort of things I think they're trying to get happening there. So that's that should be pretty cool. So, yeah, fuck NeoGaf. I yeah, the first time first I've even thought about that place like in a long while. I'm curious. I want to I want to compare some numbers here real quick right now. Like I, I don't know if Resetera tells you how many members there are right at the bottom of the page. Let me see here. I think it was. I think it does. Actually. Members thirty thousand four hundred and thirty-three, which is not bad because I think when we were checking NeoGaf and it was burning down, it was like a hundred and ninety thousand. I mean, yeah. this place just opened, you know, like. And I it's don't. It's also know. hard to say though on the on NeoGaf how many accounts were like asleep, and you know, like. Oh, I'm for sure they weren't all you... active, and how many of them were banned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that that's that's pretty much all that I have for all this stuff tonight. Yeah, this sounds like a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. And you know, uh, again, I just wanted to thank you again because speaking to you about the whole battlefront thing was very therapeutic for therapeutic. me in a way because, like, it makes me realize that, like, maybe I'm not being like because you, know, you heard multiple perspectives. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hopefully, we'll be doing this again sometime soon. What's the next event that's coming up, Gus? The next event. December, early December, there's something going on. Oh, Video the Game, Game Awards. Awards. Oh, the Game Awards. And uh, later in December should be the PlayStation experience, right? Yeah, although they, I am hearing, like, you know, not to expect anything big out of that. I have actually heard of one game that uh, people might actually be pretty goddamn happy to to hear about. So, um, yeah. So we'll we'll see about that. We'll see. I'm hoping that it comes to fruition. If not, you know, I I guess it'll probably be just a matter of time. But no, it's not Batman. It's not Batman. I'm not talking about Batman. Neither uh, neither is WB. Neither (laughs) Warner Brothers right now. True enough. And on that note, we'll sign off. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, everyone. And if you're in, if you're American, have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. Happy, hey, happy hol- Thanksgiving to the rest of the world. Why not? Happy, but, happy holidays to everyone celebrating whatever. It's a Merry Christmas, God. I know. Stop Our Christmas shopping is war. done. <laughs> Woo. Our Christmas tree is up, by the way. Oh, really? Nice. I'm waiting till the day after. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Good night. 